This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, isn't it about time your printer got smart too? Now printing is smart with HP+. And the HP Smart app is how it all happens. You can print from your phone with just a tap, no matter where you are. Even from your garage slash home office slash yoga studio. Huh, that is smart. HP+. Learn more about smart printing at hp.com slash smart. This episode is brought to you by PayPal. These days, choices are everywhere. Like, for instance, the milk in your coffee. Would you like it from a cow? A nut? A tree? Everyone wants options. And now your customers have a new option in the way they pay. With PayPal in person. Just generate your unique QR code in the PayPal app for them to scan. And start accepting PayPal in person today. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. Welcome to the Washed Up Emo Podcast. I am Tom Owen from washedupemo.com. And today, we have a special episode. We have Zach Lind again from Jimmy Eat World. He and I spoke recently about each song off of their 2004 release, Futures, for WUER, or otherwise known as Washed Up Emo Radio. If you don't know about that, it is on Spotify, and it's basically where I have a radio show. So check that out. But during this track-by-track, we got into it. And we talked about the band's relationship with the fans, talked about the epidemic, and what about relearning these songs and playing them, and talking about the Phoenix Sessions and how they're doing these albums in full. And so I was like, I had a ton on the cutting room floor. And I said, why don't I just put this together as an episode? Because I think it's cool to hear some of the other stuff that we talked about in addition to the track by track. So this episode is a track by track and Zach talking about everything else with the band including you guys, the fans. So this was really, really fun to put together. I hope you dig it. And uh, if you want to learn more about the live streams that Jimmy Eat World are doing, uh, go to jimmyeatworldlive.com. And again, to the Patreon supporters out there, you are amazing. You make this happen. Thank you so much. Patreon.com slash washedupemo if you want to help out. This is episode 184 of the Washed Up Emo podcast with Zach Lind and the track by track for futures. Was it like playing these songs again? You know, you sent me um, some stuff and said, "Hey, this sounds better than the record." Like, how did that feel? Kind of hearing those mixes back, or hearing Jim, or you guys got better. You know, it's sixteen years later. Well, like in a way, you'd, you'd hopefully expect that, right? Because we're playing these songs live over and over, and we're, you know, hopefully over time, we're also becoming better players. Um, you know, I think that it's interesting. Um, for me personally, uh, it was it was fun redoing these these uh, features and clarity, um, especially from a drum sound perspective. Like since we've made these albums, I've um, kind of taken the reins over how the drums sound on albums. Like back then, we'd hire people to come in, and they were really you know fancy professional studio drum tuners, and. Um, but yeah, just making the drums sound the way that I like them to sound and then recording them has been fun. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of, you know, hopefully the idea is that we can present something that is faithful to the album version, but that brings some new quality to it. 
that people might not have like, oh, what's that's cool. And they hear the song a little bit differently. And um, you know, that's hopefully the goal. And and I think some of these, some of these recordings, in my opinion, sound better than the album or the performances are better. The upcoming performance is just us playing the album all the way through from front to back in a uh hopefully quality uh film and cinematic feel to the look of it and the sound is um really great sound mixed by none other than jim adkins himself uh he did an awesome job mixing these yeah that's pretty much it it's it's it looks amazing i just uh saw the first cut of it it looks amazing and it sounds great. Yeah, I mean, it's just us playing the album. I think, too, these are some songs that we're going to talk about that probably you haven't played live in years. What what was that like relearning those or um, figuring out like, oh, crap, I, I didn't know I or I'm playing this differently now. Were there any examples like that for this record? Yeah, I mean, I think when you're learning a song again, because that's kind of, uh, you know, a good problem that we have is we have a lot of albums and a lot of songs and sometimes there are certain songs that we don't play as often. And so that there's an element of, there's an element of relearning things uh, sometimes. And sometimes that relearning process gives you an opportunity to either deviate from the album in a way that maybe as a, an older, wiser player, you might want to do something differently, but the other you know, or we can try to be as faithful to the album as, as, you know, we think is appropriate. So um, it's, it's a bit of a process. I think for us doing all three albums at the same time, it was a lot of work because there were so many of the songs that we don't normally play and just figuring out, okay, how are we going to pull this off? Um, Figuring out, getting the sounds like keyboard sounds and all that stuff was a big task. And we wanted to do a really good job capturing everything properly and getting the right sound so it was it was like it felt like we were doing a ton of work and uh and it was almost like we couldn't really nail anything because we were just trying to get everything to like a certain quality but i do think at the end we were really happy with how the performances came off and the the, so the first song title track futures it was the third single from the record any memories or thoughts from this song I remember recording drums for this song and there was like a section toward the middle end of it that was frustrating for me. And I kept kind of brain farting on it. And I remember getting really frustrated. And uh, I remember Gil Norton was the producer and he walked out in the middle of me tracking. And for whatever reason that like pissed me off, but I think I was also kind of like in a, just a bad headspace anyway, because I was just frustrated um kind of going you know kind of spinning out of control in your brain when you're overthinking things and like he and I had kind of like a little bit of a fight and then the next day we were fine but like I remember when I think about futures I think about like getting mad at Gil for being a dick in the studio how did Kill end up where it was I'm not sure I don't remember exactly (laughs) the conversation um you know it probably just felt like it felt good there um to be honest, it was so long ago. I don't really know, but um, you know, still kill is like a, a song we're super proud of. All these songs we're very proud of. Um, Worlds you love is probably one of my favorite songs on this album. Um, you know, I love the lyrics uh, and um, long you know, song I, as well. The long song, you know, but um, I remember recording the loop part at the very beginning and um, 
you know, trying to get my drum to sound a certain way. And I was obsessing over that and like little things like that. But no, I mean, I, I love, I think that my favorite thing about world you love is just, I think Jim, Jim's lyrics are great. And it's, it's interesting because someone's lyrics are, uh, kind of like when we heard it for the first time, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. Like when he talks about the frozen canals and like I instantly, we all instantly knew that he was talking about Amsterdam. And I think I think that song is a little bit about learning how to be a different person and a different band in the context of life change, you know? And um, if I were to just take a wild guess, because we honestly never talk about what songs mean, um, with it, you know, within the band, uh, very rarely do we do that, but um but yeah, it's kind of like, a, you know, it's, to me, it's just one of my favorite songs on the album because of that. We're sitting with Zach Lind, drummer of Jimmy Eat World, talking about uh, the album Futures and a reminder that on January 29th, they're playing this in full. You can get tickets and learn about their other show, Clarity, coming in February, JimmyEatWorldLive.com. So, Pain, that was the first single um, from Futures. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when we were making the album, we had no idea that like people would be picking or saying pain should be a single. We had no idea. We thought it would be like nothing wrong or something like that. But, um, you know, luckily for us, we don't choose the singles because usually we're wrong. But um, yeah, I mean, painted really well. And, and, and we, you know, it has a really good energy and some awesome guitar parts on there. And yeah, I mean, that was a that was a really fun song to do. And, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's still like to this day, one of our songs live that definitely gets the party going. How did it feel? This was coming off a of bleed, you know, you've had all of the, now you got all these eyeballs, um, on you. What was that feeling, you know, around these, these bigger decisions or just the album as a whole? Yeah. I mean, I think that we definitely, had to learn how to make an album in a different way than we'd ever had before because we never really made an album where people were waiting on us or, you know, there was an expecting thing coming. It was just, we, we, we sort of felt anonymous in making all of our previous albums. So we did kind of feel those eyeballs. And I think it, you know, it's, I think not only were we trying to figure out how to be a band in that context and make an album in that context, but just like even our own personal lives were totally different and uh, adjusting to that um, was, I think a challenge. Futures was definitely the hardest record that we've ever had to make. It was the most difficult process for us. Um, but I think that we really fought through it and ended up with an album that were probably one of our, most proud albums you know looking back um gold so, selling uh yeah yeah it went gold and i mean it's like that you know what it sells doesn't really matter i mean it, it matters a little bit to the pocketbook but you know in the end uh you don't really think about you think about like how you feel when you're done making it and i think with features we just felt like man that was really hard and super difficult but we got through it and we actually ended up making an album that looking back now, just creatively, we're super proud of. This next song for me on the record, Drugs Are Me, um, kind of, uh, I, I just, I don't know. It was like a, sh a shock, a, um, a, a feeling, um, and I love that it was long, but just, um, can, can you talk about that song and, and the, that 
maybe the apex or when that sort of came together. Cause it just seems like it had pieces of all these other records, but it's the people still, I mean, when I look at the forums or I'm watching things that always gets mentioned as one of p- folks' favorite songs. Yeah. You know, I think it's just, I think it was, you know, we had to make the album twice and, but after making the album the first time and then pulling a plug, uh, we went back and I think there was like a batch of songs that came and I think it was like Polaris 23 and i want to say it was drugs or me i could be wrong on that but i think it was part of the 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 last little batch of songs it you know it's just one of those songs for me i I don't have like a super strong memory of making it it's 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 a different kind of song because for us it's like it's sort of more piecing it together in a way musically that makes sense and from a drum perspective it's really simple and basic but it's like you have to really think about and be intentional about your choices to you know because you're you're dealing with a different dynamic it's very kind of mellow and and building it and and making sure that it you know having a mellow song that is longer but also trying to keep the attention of the listener is sometimes a challenge and i think for us it was just the difficulty of that song in the studio was making sure we we were able to keep we were able to kind of walk people along in the song um in a way that was interesting and dynamic. The Polaris off of Futures, my favorite song on the record. Zach, this is the jam. We need to add yeah. this more to the set list. I know. We play this kind of a lot, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I love it as well. It's I think one of like, this song was really interesting because uh, when we started working, this was one of the later songs that I think had come along. And Gil Norton said to us, um, I think he said to us, this is one of like my favorite, like one of his favorite bridges that he's ever heard in a song. And he wow. was like, okay, so we need to get to the bridge. We like the bridge is like the diamond of the song and everything you do, you have to do in a way that the people aren't turning, hitting the skip button before the bridge. Um, so that was his polite way of saying that the song was boring. Uh, <laughs> so we had to figure out a way to make sure that it wasn't like that. So um yeah, I mean, uh, I love that song. It's so much fun to play live. Uh, Rick, the bass. Yeah, Rick, just me and Rick have a lot of fun on that song. Um, yeah, it's it's a song that like, I think when I think back on, you know, when you have a song and you have an execution, um, you know, those two things kind of have to marry and for it to feel special. And I think that, you know, that's one of the songs I can look back on in terms of recording it and putting it all together is like, we totally fucking nailed that song. So I'm, I'm really proud of it. And uh, I think it like comes off really well in it live and also on the album. Talk about nothing wrong. Yeah. Nothing wrong was one of the earlier songs written for the album that we, um, we really liked it. And it was like, it's one of those songs where I think the band like coming into it, like, man, yeah, this is the first single all the way, you know, like this is such a, you know, this is the jam, you know, and it ended up being like no one when when we were done with it and kind of showing everyone on our team and the label, it's like, ah, eh. you know, they, they weren't as stoked on it, but we love it. And um, so it's like kind of later, it's like a, it sort of turned into a deep cut, but it doesn't matter because we're still really proud of it. And um love the energy that it has live for sure. Night Drive is an interesting song that was kind of like a studio. It's definitely like a studio rock song. Um, It has probably one of my favorite fills that I've done in my career in that song in the second verse. 
that it's just a super simple fill. It's not complicated, but it's just really fun to play and like super satisfying to play. And so um, I always look forward to that in the song. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's one of those songs that, um, it's sort of different and unique and, and, you know, at the time that kind of song was like a little bit newer for us, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, you know, musical journey kind of epic tune that, that we had a lot of fun with in the studio. The last track on the record 23, um, seems to be a staple seems to be again in that same realm. Um, and it's another long song and I think. People were completely fine with that. Um, can you talk about 23 and um, the recording and then we, you know, talking about kind of playing it live now? Yeah. I mean, when I think of 23, I just think of like, it's a song that over the years has kind of grown um, with the fan base and the people, you know, fans really like, if we don't play it, people get mad, you know? Um, and, you know, for us, that's a good feeling because, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, the last song on the album it's a it's a very deep cut but it's become kind of a fan favorite you know and um it feels good when uh you know we try to like you know every song we put on an album we want it to be really good and and people to find value in it and just over the years it just seems like people's connection to that song has grown and um you know it's means a lot to us and and i think it's um you know, uh, uh, I think it's a credit to the job we did along with Gil Norton, like in the studio, just executing the song in a way that that lands with people. It's easy as a band and, and like in general, you know, I think when when you're making an effort to do something that is passionate, that you like, that right. you get enjoyment out of, it's kind of easy to not to really have no idea what your impact is beyond, you know, kind of it's it's hard to measure that. I think a lot of people like to, you know, tend to undersell um, the impact they have to other people, you know, and even if it's just, you know, being a decent person at your workspace, right. you know, I think that that's something that people appreciate. And, um, you know, uh, just, you know, getting to hear from people directly, how much the music means to them and how much the band is a part of their lives is, you know, we don't, we don't sit around and think about that when we're making albums or when we're rehearsing for stuff, we're just like, we're thinking about doing the best job we can. And, um, it was kind of cool to like, um, you know, just be reminded that like a lot of the stuff that we do, we try to do, you know, because we want it a certain way, but then that ends up having an impact on other people. Good situation, the way that it's moderated. And I mean, not like there was really any moderated, but like there's the people who run it are pretty professional. And it's, it, and, and honestly, like we were kind of surprised how like much we enjoyed doing it, you know, like we kind of have fun doing them. So it's like, so it's kind of fun, you know. It was just the thing that we enjoyed. It was just social interaction with other people. It's something that you don't realize you're missing because, like, you know, whenever we're hanging out, um, you know, I don't really spend a ton of time with people who are my friends. I'll see the guys in the band, but we're not like, that doesn't really count as like casual social action. It's just like us doing our job. But so it was kind of nice to have it like enjoy that, you know, just the social interaction and, and, um, you know, and the cool thing too, is it gives you a chance to, you know, thank people for supporting us. It's easy as a band and, and like in general, you know, I think when, 
when you're making an effort to do something that is passionate, that you like, that you get enjoyment out of, it's kind of easy to not, to really have no idea what your impact is beyond, you know, kind of, it's, it's hard to measure that. I think a lot of people like to, you know, tend to undersell um, the impact they have to other people, you know, and even if it's just, you know, being a decent person at your workspace, you know, I think that that's something that people appreciate and, um, you know, uh, just, you know, getting to hear from people directly, how much the music means to them and how much the band is a part of their lives is, you know, we don't, we don't sit around and think about that when we're making albums or when we're rehearsing for stuff, we're just like, we're thinking about doing the best job we can. And, um, it was kind of cool to like, um, you know, just be reminded that like a lot of the stuff that we do, we try to do, you know, because we want it a certain way, but then that ends up having an impact on other people. It's been awesome doing these albums and sharing these, you know, these concert films with the fans and we just can't thank the fans enough for supporting us and, you know, uh, ordering the streams and, and getting the merch and doing the meet and greets. It's been a really special time for us. It's like we've missed the fans a lot over this time and, and having this way to connect with them has been like really therapeutic for us and um, rewarding for sure.